Learning to walk is not easy. And learning to walk in the spirit is not easy either. You know, I'm sure we can all remember watching our kids or our grandkids struggle with their first steps. After a time on their knees, something inside them said it was time to stand up and walk. Their young brains told them to do it, but their bodies found it difficult to do as instructed. And sad to say, as we age, we get back to a place where our brains tell us to do something and our bodies find it very difficult to obey. (laughs) You know, a friend at Fit Club has been trying to get me to practice standing on one foot. He tells me it'll help improve my sense of balance, uh, something I'll need when I get old. I think he should have had me start that exercise some years ago. But uh, just as our feet don't always do what our brain tells them to do, so our body doesn't want to do what the Spirit tells it to do. For as we noted last week, there is an opposing force in our flesh that makes it very difficult to do what we really want to do. You know, like the Apostle Paul, we want to do what is right all the time. We want to please our Heavenly Father, but we fall terribly short. And it's the law, that external standard that makes it very clear that our flesh is indwelt by sin, and that there's a war going on inside us. With our mind, we're serving the law of God. We want to please him, but with our flesh, we're all too often serving the law of sin. No matter how hard we try, we fail. And that disturbs us. It makes us feel wretched. It's that wretchedness, however, that keeps us from thinking that we have arrived and that we no longer need the grace of God. It's that wretchedness that causes us to cry out, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, we are not condemned. Through him, thanks be to God, we are indwelt by the Spirit, and we are adopted as sons, as children of God. We're in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The good news, the gospel 
is that in spite of our failures, in spite of our sin, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Paul says it's because the law of the sin, or because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, that is a very important sentence for us to understand. And the very first question we have to ask is quite simply, what is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? Is this some new spiritual law that Paul is introducing here? It almost sounds like it. If, if we read it all together, it's a phrase that we've not heard before. You know, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But if we add a couple of commas, and that's okay, because punctuation marks are not in the original language. If we add a comma after spirit and after Jesus, the mystery vanishes. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. The law of the spirit, the law, the principle, the fact that makes spiritual life possible is life in Christ Jesus. It's being in Christ that sets us free from the law of sin and of death. I think that pretty well answers the first question, but we still have another. Back in chapter 7, verse 23, Paul said that he was still a prisoner of the law of sin in his body. But here in chapter 8, verse 2, he says the law of the Spirit has set us free. Some manuscripts even have set me free, as if Paul is speaking specifically of himself here, which, as we saw last week, he was doing. The law of the Spirit has set us free, he says, from the law of sin and death. So which is it? Are we prisoners of the law of sin in our bodies, or have we been set free? Well, in one sense, we are still prisoners. Even though we are in Christ, we are still in physical bodies. And like Paul, we still find ourselves falling short of our spiritual desires. But on the other hand, we have been set free from the law of sin and death because our sin no longer condemns us to death. Life in Christ has set us free from the death sentence. And that is something the law, the Mosaic law, couldn't do. The law set the standard, but we couldn't meet it. The flesh was just too weak, so the law ended up condemning us. But God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh in human form as an offering for sin. God condemns sin our sin in the flesh of Jesus. He allowed Jesus to take our sins upon himself and to then die for those sins. And he did so in order that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled. Now, the law declared the penalty for sin to be death. 
So Jesus died. And in doing so, he fulfilled the law's demands, at least for those who would believe in him. For as John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Those who believe in him and therefore choose not to walk according to the flesh no longer have to meet the law's demand. Jesus died for those who would choose to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires and to walk according to the Spirit. Those who would take direction from the Spirit that he places in the hearts of believers. And thanks be to God, we are indwelt by the Spirit. Verses 5 through 13. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness." But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It's a long passage, and there's a lot to chew on there. We're going to try to keep it condensed here. Those, bottom line, those who are not indwelt by the Spirit can never please God. Their mind as well as their bodies, are controlled by the flesh. There's no struggle going on within them. Their body says, fulfill my passions and desires, and their mind says, why not? They believe the way to experience life to the fullest is to satisfy every fleshly desire. What they don't realize is that they have chosen the way that leads to death. Not life. It's a way of life that's hostile to God, that violates the law of God. Those, however, who are indwelt by the Spirit of God set their minds on the things of the Spirit. They think about God's will and realize that the way to life and peace 
is through obedience to God's will. When the body says sin, their mind says no, because their mind is set on spiritual goals and objectives. Their mind is set on pleasing God. And it's not just their mind that's saying no. It's the Spirit of God within them saying no. And we who are in Christ do have the Spirit within us. We're not Christians if we don't. The Spirit is given to us when we accept Christ and are baptized into him. For as we read in Acts 2.38, And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That gift is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit indwells us when our sins are forgiven, when our hearts are washed clean and made fit for his habitation. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it's all the same, comes to live in our heart when we become Christians. And even though our bodies are dead, they're still dying, subject to death and decay, our spirits are alive because they've been made right with God. They have been made righteous by Christ, by the presence of His Holy Spirit. And they want to do what's right. Now, someday our bodies will be as alive and as righteous as our spirits. Someday the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead and who now dwells within us will give eternal life to our mortal bodies. But until then, our bodies will continue to be a problem. Because as Paul said in Galatians 5.17, the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another. The desires of the flesh remain because we are still in the flesh, but we don't give in to those desires. We are indwelt by the Spirit, and through the power of the Spirit, we put to death the deeds of the body. That's how we walk in Christ. That's the struggle we deal with and the victory we experience on a regular basis because the Spirit is now within us, conquering those deadly impulses that have remained in our flesh. We live victorious lives in Christ. Occasionally, however, we do fail. We fall short. We mess up. And that disturbs us. But that failure does not condemn us because we don't live according to the flesh. We live according to the Spirit. And we are sons and daughters of God. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you've not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, 
But you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. You know, even though the flesh still causes us problems, we're not led by the flesh. We're led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God within us directs us, empowers us, and assures us that we are sons of God, that we have been adopted into the family of God. Now, being adopted into the family of God also means that not everyone is a child of God. God is every man's creator, but he is not every man's heavenly father. Sin separated everyone from their creator. And we all lost our birthright when Adam sinned. God ceased being our father and became our judge. Through Christ, however, we are received back into the family. We are adopted back as sons of God. And it's the spirit he gave us upon our adoption that assures us of our standing, that we now stand before God as beloved children. Now, Paul does speak often of being a bondservant, a slave of Christ. And in the sixth chapter, he said, we were freed from sin to become slaves of righteousness, to be enslaved to God. That relationship, however, shouldn't feel like slavery. Our relationship with God is not based on fear, like a slave cowering before a master. We've not received a spirit of slavery, Paul says, but a spirit of adoption as sons. We do his will not because he's a slave master forcing us to do it. We do it because he's a loving heavenly father and we want to. And it's that spirit within us that enables us to cry out, Abba, Father. Abba is an Aramaic word similar to dad or daddy. It's what Jesus called his heavenly father in the garden of Gethsemane. And in Galatians 4, 6, Paul says God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. When we call God our heavenly father and really feel like he is, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit that we are indeed the children of God. 
And if we are his children, we are his heirs as well. Heirs of God, Paul says, and fellow heirs with Christ. All that God has will one day be ours. All that he has will be ours to share with him and with our brothers and sisters. Someday, we will all be together sharing in his glory. The struggle will be over. And we will be glorified body and soul. We long for that day. But until then... We suffer the humiliation of being less than we want to be. Until then, there are still times when we cry out, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? There are times when we're brought face to face with our failures. And it should make us feel bad at least for the moment. It should make us realize that we are not living according to the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, or even our own spirit that wants to obey Him. It makes us feel wretched, and it should, for a moment. But then we remember that in spite of our failure and occasional sin, we are not condemned. We are indwelt by the Spirit. And we are, in fact, sons of God. And we say, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We acknowledge that without him, would fail. Without him, we really would be nothing. But with Jesus, thank God, I'm saved. Amen?